Hey friends, welcome to the Love Intently podcast, where each week I bring you relationship experts, inspiring couples, and first-class relationship thought leaders from around the world. I'm on a mission to explore what exactly makes love last and to empower a generation to have strong relationships. I'm your host, Sophie Kwok, the chief love enthusiast who believes that relationships are the most important part of our lives. And if you're looking to build a stronger relationship or to take a proactive approach towards love, loveintently.com hosts an array of articles, podcasts, resources, and love tips to help you build and keep strong relationships. I am so glad you're here. Let's get started. This week, we have a phenomenal non-traditional couple, Kelly and Lou. They have a beautiful yet a little crazy love story that I won't spoil too much for you, but let's just say they went from being broken up to engaged within a day. Lou was your traditional frat star, but his life took a turn and everyone thought he was committing suicide, but it was actually the complete opposite, and it led them to that very moment where Lou decided to ask Kelly to spend the rest of their life together. And I'll let them fill in the details in this interview. Kelly currently works with Live a Great Story, is a physical therapist, hosts retreats internationally, while Lou is a writer, speaker, and meditation teacher. This interview definitely made me take a step back and think about the little things that matter most to me. And I know I am so guilty of being avoidant or withholding love out of fear, and it's something that I've had to work really hard on. And their story reminds me and inspires me even more so to love with all of me and act out of love rather than fear. So without further ado, here is our beautiful conversation. Hi, Kelly and Lou. Welcome to the Love Intently podcast. It's so exciting to have you guys here. Super exciting to be here. So thank you. So excited. Thank you for having us. Yes, of course. Okay. So before we dive in, I'd love for you guys to share a little bit about yourselves and the story of how you guys met. Sure. Well, it's a pretty crazy story. It is kind of crazy. So I guess we just dive right into the story because that's <laughs> kind of the better part. Well, right now um, we both work on a, uh, a startup company called Live a Great Story. And uh, I personally, I am a, I'm an author and a meditation and mindfulness teacher and uh, our life wasn't always, and she's also a physical therapist. Yeah. And we are both yoga teachers. <laughs> There's a lot there. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. It's amazing. So um, we, our life was a lot different at one point. Uh, we met in college. We both went to Penn State University and we were both uh, pretty hardcore partiers. We had fun. We had fun. And what's <laughs> funny is that we were, she was in the sorority that my fraternity spent a lot of time with. And I've known her since uh, we were sophomores in college, but we didn't start dating until the very, very end of senior year. Senior year. Yeah. And we started dating and then I moved across the country. So literally like last week of school, we were getting really it's getting really serious. And then I was moving to San Diego to start this internship after college. Mm-hmm. So she, we did long distance for six months and then she came and moved across the country to live with me. So we literally <laughs> went from, we went from long distance like, at the beginning of our relationship. Well, we went from casually kind of seeing each other yeah. at the very end of our senior year. Picture this like last month of your senior year. Last thing I want is a girlfriend. I'm about to go to San Diego. Right. He's moving to San Diego. To, like, I was like start a really a bro land. party total, girls, all of that. Total all frat, of that. Um, that was uh, my lifestyle. And we decide, hey, why not start out a long distance relationship as soon as you leave? Because that obviously is the best idea ever. And um, I mean, it was, but t- totally not the typical. And then play, we go from zero. Then she moves in with me yeah. with two other guys after doing one with <laughs> six months. Insane. So we went pretty, uh, pretty intensive at it. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. So talk to me about that. Like, what was it for you that made you think, okay, Kelly is worth it. You know, I had these plans of going and doing the frat boy party lifestyle in San Diego, but what was different about Kelly that made you want to start a long distance relationship as you're starting this new chapter? Um, that's a great question. I think when I first <laughs> saw her back, like in sophomore year of college, 
I remember seeing her and it was just something that literally I said, this was a couple years before, like this would be someone who could be my girlfriend. She was not like your typical sorority girls. She was different. She was, she actually had a boyfriend at the time. Um, and she was almost like that untouchable girl through college. Like she never really was with anyone. And I think maybe that was the, some of the allure at the beginning, but there was just, I, I, it's one of those things you can't put into feeling. And to say I was still the, I was still the party frat guy in San Diego, but I just wasn't dating or, you know, had girls necessarily on my mind like that. So I don't want to get that wrong. Cause that's a big part of my own story. But, um, I, there's just, there was just something so different and I can't put into that. I was madly, madly in love. It was, I'm still <laughs> madly in love, but, um, that was a different madly in love. How about you? How did I know? Yeah. I don't know. It kind of just organically happened that way. I happened to, I was with somebody for a really long time all through college. I grew up with him. I went to high school with him. And then we just kind of ended because our values were, were different. He wanted to kind of stay local. It just like wasn't a match anymore. And it was great for what it was, but it was just like time to move on. And at that point, I had known about Lou from just friends. And like I said, through um, my sorority and his frat, we always were kind of paired up for certain things. And I don't know. It kind of organically happened. She was way. tough, though. It was really, really tough. Was, like, she would run away from me. <laughs> she wasn't really having it. That. She's not really, Definitely. she wasn't really public about it. I didn't really know. I couldn't really judge what she was thinking. She rejected me a few times. Like, it took a lot of effort on guarded. my part. She was definitely guarding, which she totally should have been. I heard stories. <laughs> he was a total frat bro. So, of course, like, you get out of a long dis- or long-term relationship of like five and a half years or something like that. And then, you know, you kind of, you, you question and you make sure that it's like a legit thing. She questioned. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay. What's one of those stories? Give me maybe one that off the top of your head of Kelly running. <laughs> Kelly running. There's a, oh, there's a couple. To, to, to really try and set myself apart. I gave, like I took, she was into arts and crafts. He knew that I loved drawing. And I took like, a, and I'm the worst at drawing or any kind of arts like that. So I took like a colored pencils or crayons and every single word letter, I made a different color. It's and I wrote way. this note to her of, hey, I want you to teach me how to draw. Was it just that? I think so. I still have it. And then I get, but then I, I think I asked her to a formal or something. Like if you come to form, like something where I asked her to a, a formal, did. like our formal dance at the end of the senior year. And I left that on our stoop and her response was like, that was nice. And like, that was it. <laughs> and then she was already going to a formal with someone else. And I remember it feeling, was a, it was a really, it was like my best friend from, um, my hometown. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it, it was understandable. Um, but it was, uh, that was tough. And then there was one time where we were watching a movie or I came over her house to watch a movie and we're like watching downstairs. And then she just left, went upstairs and never came back down. And I had no idea what happened. <laughs> and I was just, I literally, I just slept there. I, was I remember confused. my roommates, they're like, why did Lou Redmond I know, I know downstairs. one of her roommates pretty well. So like, it was okay for me to sleep downstairs, <laughs> but it was just, she just left in the middle of the movie and never came down. I'm sorry. Run away oh like my God. <laughs> okay, Kelly. Was there a moment where things changed for you? I think it was just like a little bit of time. I think I just needed time to know that it was real and it wasn't just him like messing around. Um, Yeah. And I I think that's what kind of won me over because it was that persistence of like, no, like I really, I do feel this way. And I felt that way. But like I said, I was was just really guarded. Um, So it just took a little bit of chipping away. Hmm. Okay, so how did you go from San Diego to all the things that you guys do now? (laughs) Great question. Wow, that's a long question. I actually just explained this. Um, We just did a live about this. That's kind of funny. You want to explain it? I explained it yesterday. Okay. You can explain it today. 
how do we go from where we are today to that? that's a long journey. That's a six it year, we could, like, a six s- year journey. Succinctly. Succinctly. Well, I think a big shift, a big shift in both of our lives was we actually did break up for four months. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was a time where we were, I mean, we were in San Diego living with two other guys, like my like friends. I was in grad school. She was in time. grad school. So I was getting my doctorate. Picture this. I'm in San Diego in like this beach college town where people go to like pretend like adulthood doesn't exist. Like they just want to be kids still. And that's totally fine. But like all drinking, all partying all the time. I'm in grad school trying to get my doctorate. So I'm like, you know, huddled in a corner, headphones on blasting classical music as there's like a frat scene happening behind me because I live with four guys. I don't know how I did it for so long. Right. It was, it was, was, we, yeah, there was just a there was a moment where we felt like, I, I don't know, it was a disconnection between both of us. Mm-hmm. And I was just gone into this group, which was really the beginning of both of our shifts was this group in San Diego. That was, um, I had my own lows of continually doing, getting more into the rave scene and doing more drugs and drinking and, and really kind of going down a path that was very different from what I, I am now. And I had gotten around this group and it was a group of entrepreneurs. And when I got into this meeting, it was like I was in a new world. I was like, who are these people? They're, yeah. they're all t- just a group of men talking about things that matter. They were, they were pursuing businesses. They were just excited about the life. They weren't excited about the party. They didn't need the weekend to come for them to have fun. And it was like a paradigm shift. It was a whole new world. And somehow I was allowed to continue to go to this group every week. And I started to get into personal development, just really start changing my life. One of those things that I confronted was this feeling that maybe me and Kelly needed to to break up. And I finally had that conversation with her. Mm-hmm. It was a really great conversation. And we decided that we were just going to take some time because I wanted to go live. I couldn't live in the house that we were at anymore. It was killing me. It was too crazy. And I wanted to go live by myself. So I moved out, lived by myself. She moved up towards near school, which was a little bit, it was like an hour away. Yeah, I was driving an hour. She was driving a lot. It was wow. Every day, seven days a week. And we, to to we took some time to really get, it, I, it was very deep time of growth for both of us. And the, the way we came back together is probably the craziest story. Um, so basically we got into this group. She ended up getting into the women's group of the yeah, same genre. Which was kind of serendipitous. It's basically like a mastermind mm-hmm. entrepreneurial group. I'm sure a lot of people listening to this mm-hmm. would be familiar, but at the time, mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that aren't familiar to understand that. There's people that would be like, what the heck is that? People, so she got into the women's group and she started doing her growth. And it was like this beautiful time that we were both growing separately. We were still friendly. like, And then uh, everything kind of came back together on, uh, Jan- on this January day. And I'll explain to you what happened. We went from being ex-girlfriend and boyfriend uh, to me proposing on the day. And oh, she wow. said, wow. So it went from another zero to 60 and uh, we've been engaged for four years. We were actually not married. We were technically been engaged for four years. No ring. uh, No, no, we're (laughs) We're not not the normal couple. So if anyone's like, there's, you don't have to follow the rules of engagement and this, we've been engaged for four years. I never gave her a ring. Um, Some people can say that it's ridiculous. Some people can say (laughs) it's not. So I we, think our relationship started off non-traditional. Oh yeah, we're a very non-traditional relationship, and it just kind of continues. So people don't yeah. expect the norm, like milestones. Like, yeah, we yeah we yeah. spend a lot of time apart. She was just gone for five months. Like it was it was, it was uh, we do good. I think. Yeah, we do well. Okay, what's the name of your book? And tell me a little, just a little bit, a teaser on what happened that day. Like what? How did you guys go from ex-boyfriend and girlfriend to proposal? Great story. So the name of my book is Find Your Truth. Um, that's like the pinnacle of the book. Like the book is really my transformational journey. Cause as I just mentioned to you, I was drinking drugs, you know, I'm just giving you the, the, the very, very top of it, tip of the iceberg. Um, and then getting into this group, basically I, on the same set of four days, I decided I was going to get completely sober. I was going to quit my job that I was full time at. And I proposed mm-hmm. to Kelly. So, um, it was a, I was, I'll, I have no problem saying it. I had a very intense spiritual awakening through the practice of meditation that opened me up. I was in Joshua tree. I was on a hike alone, no sort of drugs or anything. I was by myself and I had this really intense experience with, um, a deep spiritual experience. And I had never been someone who believed in 
I mean, I believed in a God, but I wasn't spiritual. I wasn't like, that wasn't part of my life. I meditated because successful people meditated and that's what I was kind of getting right. into. Like the whole morning, like everyone <laughs> the morning, morning routine, routine. And that's what I got into. And so then said I should meditate. And then I led, and then that <laughs> led me to the spiritual thing. And then that opened up everything where I felt like I had this calling and I, that's why I quit my job. She had heard that I quit my job. Um, she, people, people, it was so intense the way I quit my job that people thought I was committing suicide at my work because I sent an email to my entire company announcing that I was leaving immediately. And I was in, <laughs> people are listening to this podcast. Like, who so are, who are they? Yeah. Right. Who are the <laughs> um, I was in, I think I was coming back from new Orleans. She was on a flight so that day. I was on a, I was in Dallas waiting for my connecting flight to go back to San Diego. He had no idea that I was flying back to San Diego that day. And I'm in between flights about to board my connector from Dallas to San Diego. And I turn my phone on and all of a sudden I get these messages and like missed calls from my old roommate that worked with him and then some coworkers of his that I had met, but you know, I wasn't like super friendly with that. We would talk like that. And they were all calling me asking me if Lou was going to kill himself if he was suicidal so i'm like what's happening no one can get in contact with him because his phone so i went on airplane mode i sent this email and i'm having another one of these spiritual experience i'm having this like intense moment of just clarity and understanding and feeling Mm -hmm. like i'm called um and i sent this email and this to understand it's not like i hated my job like i had just won like the best i was crushing it at work i had just won best employee award for um the past month it was like this international brand that's pretty that everyone on here would know about it so to 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 go from like that to getting this promotion to this guy just quit it didn't make any sense to anyone so that's why they couldn't get in touch with me they my email was saying i had founded higher calling so they thought that that higher calling was like i don't know suicidal so i had cops that came to my house that were questioning me it was this whole Mm -hmm. crazy thing I got back on the phone and then I saw these messages from Kelly. I called her. Everything's okay. I'm like walking down the aisle, boarding a plane. He finally answers, you know, like (laughs) plane's going to take off. I have to put it in airplane mode. I'm trying to like ask all these questions as I'm crying. Like, cause in my head, I think that something really bad is happening because of all the kind of mixed messages I'm getting from his friends and coworkers. Um, And we kind of, we had to, I had to get off the phone and then I had to, fly all the way back to San Diego with that kind of in the back of my head, trying to figure out what. And and then I asked her if I could pick her up. Can I pick her up at the airport? So Mm -hmm. I picked her up. I picked her up at the airport. And the moment I had all this fear and like craziness of this day, it was the most intense day of my life. And then I pick her up. And when she gets in my car, it was like this blanket of like love just fell over both of us and we're both profusely crying we like start playing oh songs gosh, that like knows. remind us of our relationship we're, we're, oh we're emotionally God. crying we drive from the airport and i'm like let's just go to uh, sunset cliffs in san diego so like i just feel like that's the place to go so we're driving we're driving and all i'm thinking is like oh my god all of this all of this craziness that happened was was to bring us back together in this very moment and i was thinking like i really truly i've never felt more love for someone in my life and if there was ever a time to propose to the person that you love to know that this is it, right now is the time. So I drove to Sunset Cliffs, got out of the car, took, get, went on my knees, professed the most in, – I, I wish I had a recording, I right? It was the most beautiful expression that I feel like I could have – it wasn't even from me, I feel like. It was just this pure expression of love. I asked her to marry me, and this was – there's this twinge of – Oh my God, what if she says, like, this is crazy. What if she says no? And then she ended up saying yes. And we, I pro, I, we shared like the most beautiful two hour sunset at Sunset Cliffs. We were dancing, we were going, like, we were, I was screaming. People thought we're, people think we're not listening to this. Well, know I know. Yeah. But people thought we were absolutely <laughs> losing it. And in a sense, you kind of were, were a little, I don't know, it was, it was intense. It was and intense. then, um, People even got a picture. There's someone that saw what was happening. They caught a little picture. So we do we have, have pictures, pictures of that that day, that day yeah. even though we had not planned it. And that's been, I think, right afterwards, it was such an intense change of both of our lifestyles. I would, I just quit my job. I had no idea what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. I literally had no plans for the future. I really didn't have any money saved. So I was into this whole new lifestyle. She was still finishing grad school. And we just kind of said, you know, we're going to – the we're going to get mad. Like we're, it's a commitment thing. And right now we're just, you know, we're just enjoying this, this time. So we mm-hmm. haven't necessarily, that's why the, the marriage actually hasn't 
happen. And four years goes really fast. Because we're almost here at four years now since that time. So that's the that's kind of the 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 epic of the story. (laughs) That is beautiful. It's funny to be on it's fun to be on this podcast because I do a lot of podcasts where that I don't tell that story as much because the whole other story is very long too and it's more about my personal journey. But to tell that epic piece was really the most important part, but it's not like the part that's most promoted by me. So it's really cool right. to be on a podcast where that's the juiciest part. Yeah, like the key. That's the key right there. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly why uh, I love doing this podcast is because a lot of people like you or other influencers get to share a lot about their own life or you know they have other passions like fashion or other things, but they don't get to share about their love story, which I feel like is such a big part of our lives. So, yeah. um, okay, Kelly, what were you... Like what was going through your head through all of this? Like you pick, he picked you up and you guys are profusely crying. Like what was it from your perspective? Um, I can tell you that the plane ride from Dallas to San Diego was probably the most intense journaling I've ever done in my entire life. Um, I haven't revisited that in a long time. Maybe I should just to see what's, what's kind of there, but in, in all of that kind of chaos, you have these moments of clarity. Um, so I work as a physical therapist and it's almost very similar to when you have someone that you love go through something really traumatic. And then all of a sudden clarity just hits you like a ton of bricks. And you're like, wow, like this is what's important in my life. And in that moment, when I'm getting phone calls and getting text messages of something potentially really bad happening to Lou, it just hit me. And I just knew that I can't imagine life without him and I'm like tearing up talking about it, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, so that's kind of what went through my head. So I'm journaling profusely on the whole plane ride, just like really realizing what it is that had been missing those past four months, but knowing that like that, that, that moment, that moment, the blip on a map of, of kind of a break in between wasn't really a break because we were talking every day and texting, but it just was that needed realization of like, okay, like this is it, this is hundred percent it. And I mean, I had no idea what was going to happen once I landed, but I knew that I was ready to just like be there for him, be there with him, like whatever that meant. And to whatever degree that meant, like I was ready. So it was just kind of interesting how we both were kind of ready for that to happen at the same time. Yeah. Did you always see, um, him doing the work that he's doing like do you always see this in him because I feel like it is pretty different from what he was doing previously intensely different (laughs) intensely different um I feel like no no it wasn't like you know when we first started dating it was very much I think that college kind of love what do they call it like peacocking (laughs) right like kind of like you know he was like kind of show off and for some reason I was like very been, attracted been to one that of the biggest, you know personal growth of mine he, I mean one of the biggest qualities that I love about him is the fact that like he's so confident in who he is and that like was such a big draw to me to understand and like be with somebody that loves to be like I don't want to say center of attention because that comes off negatively although I don't know why but more or less like I don't know, like the guy that like you always want to be around. So I also want to say that it was very false confidence. It was very liquid courage. A lot of, there was a lot of, wasn't like, wasn't true. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't don't like the word confidence now. Actually, I like courage is such a better description Mm -hmm. of what we should aim for because. Which is what I think you transformed. Right. But I'm just saying, I just want to make sure that it's like bullshit confidence. Right. (laughs) Actually, that's a good way to describe it. It's like, I was so attracted to his confidence then. And I think that that was like a key thing that I really resonated with and absolutely loved about him. And now it's changed into this courageous kind of effort that he puts into everything that he does. And as you can see, we're both very non-traditional in our ways, um, in a lot of different ways. And I think that seeing how that's kind of taken this evolution for both of us has been really really beautiful. I also want to say that that decision to stop drinking and doing drugs, I've been sober now, dead sober for four years. And I think being that clear of mind um, has helped, you know, has helped. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's a catalyst for my life for everything. And um, to to be in a relationship for me, my side, I don't don't say that she doesn't have to drink, even though she'll go out and and she doesn't drink a lot. But um, 
I knowing for myself, like that has, I couldn't, I don't think I could still be with her in the state that I was uh, at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so powerful. I actually gave up alcohol for the rest of the year too. And not that I had a massive yeah. drinking problem or anything, but for me, it was, it was very much that. Like I had a little bit of a spiritual experience where I felt like I needed to be fully awake for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. And alcohol, I mean, it's just so much, even if you have a few glasses here or there, it's so much harder to operate out of seven um, versus like, if you just don't drink, like you wake up and it's way easier to just be happier and be operating out of seven out of 10 rather than having to do all this stuff to get there. 100%. So. The X factor. I always call it X factor of everything. It's like, oh, you want to stop, stop drinking. <laughs> Don't be... <laughs> Of such a benefit on everyone else that goes out every weekend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Will there ever be a ring? Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's on, uh, yeah. Yes, there will be a ring. Okay, cool. Just curious. Okay, you both tra- travel quite a bit, and you just mentioned she was gone for five months. Do you have advice for couples that do long distance or are learning how to travel well together for the first time? I mean, I think we uniquely started our relationship somewhat apart, right? The six months. So we kind of dove in that way. Um, Advice for other people doing it. I mean, this is kind of maybe a silly part of advice, but something I really loved um, was uh, Marco Polo. I got my last one. Oh, yeah. I love that. Tools. Definitely. tools. (laughs) Marco Polo was fantastic so it's an app and instead of us just like talking on the phone it was just a way to send like short messages um it's kind of like a walkie-talkie but with video video, so it was just like really nice because i felt like we were still having conversation all throughout the day it's good different it's different than facetime because it's not like we're on here but yeah we're constantly keeping the comment that was huge that was was really really for long distance relationship and if you need to use marco polo with your partner i would definitely do a game changer Mm -hmm. i also see it as a, a um, as a time for, I think it's a time for personal, it's definitely growth. a time for personal growth. Um, Honestly, I see it as, and it's funny cause I've said this to other couples that don't understand it or question it. Cause I work as a travel physical therapist. So I'll leave for like a couple months if he doesn't come with me and then, you know, we'll kind of meet up maybe while I'm on assignment and then I'll come back and we're back together for like a couple months and then do it again and whatnot. But I feel that that space is almost like our secret sauce to our relationship because it allows us both to go. And like, we have such like a bond and connection that, you know, we trust one another. We love one another. It's not going anywhere. So we have this space to kind of do what we need individually alongside one another, but we're always coming back together. So it's like this nice kind of breathing room that you have your space in order to continue to grow as an individual and not get wrapped up into that relationship where you see maybe sometimes people lose a little bit of themselves in it. Um, so that's kind of how I see it and why it's benefited us. I don't know if that's like necessarily advice. I guess my advice would be like, you can do it. You can hundred percent do it and make it work. We had a lot of people give us feedback that it's a little crazy. People still think we're crazy that it works, but it does and it can be done. Well, it helps you move from the, so many relationships are very codependent to, right, to being yeah. independent and being finding yourself fully and then being able to come together rather than mm-hmm. needing someone in my life to um to to make me happy right it's it's coming from a happiness place and we're just gonna both coincide and and come we're not attached to each other we're on parallel lines moving in the same direction so we can constantly be be growing and if we have to go somewhere else we're still moving in the same direction so we're in the same growth process so i think it's when I think of it, and even now, it's definitely a... I think even this last time, like my last assignment, you said, you, I mean, he like didn't want me to go on my I was in a bad place. A I was in a weird, I'm like, I was kind of in a, dep- I was in a weird place at the beginning of the but, year. But like, what did... It was, it was everything that I needed. I needed it at that time. I was in a weird state of my life. And um, her, her leaving was actually a, a personal, say, blessing, but it was, it really helped me work through some stuff on my own. Mm-hmm. Hmm. kind of pushed him to do yeah i think i was getting dependent on her i really i I was losing my own sense of self it was really interesting it was really weird Mm -hmm. are there any other tools that you guys love outside of marco polo Uh, whenever we have dinner or a meal mostly dinner um always dinner 
oh yeah, we have dinner. We ask each other what we're grateful for. And it's never like, it's never a forced thing. It's just like one of us will remember to ask it. And that's always a good way to just come back, kind of talk about your day and just come back to like an appreciative space. And that's been really, really, really beneficial. I think it's a really unique way for couples or even like roommates, like if you're listening and you're not in a relationship, it's just a unique way to talk about your day, but only really highlighting the positive stuff. Because I think it's easy to come home from like a long day at work and then just start talking about what went wrong. My boss did this, this didn't go right. I'm so stressed. So asking just that simple question, because there's always something, there's always something like just the fact that you woke up today, like that could be it. But having you think back to it can start a conversation that just starts off in a positive foundation. Just like a fun way to recap the day in a more positive light. We have something super exciting to share with you. Our love personality quiz is released this week and you can find it at loveintently.com or by texting love to 33222, which will text you the link directly. We created this love personality quiz because it helps build self-awareness, but also empathy and understanding of your partner. And at the end of the quiz, if you enter your information, we'll send you love tips based on your love personalities a couple times a week all completely free right now and it's our gift to you and of course you can opt out whenever and again you can find it at loveintently.com or by texting love to 33222 thanks so much for spending time with us your time is so precious and we'd love to hear your feedback so let us know what you think Since um, you guys got engaged, have there been any major kind of conflicts or things you guys have had to work through since then? Um, like since then. I feel like right now is like the only right now, conflict that we have. Yeah. I would say there's... there's. Can you think right, of anything else? I would say, I mean, I'm, I, it's that's been a conflict and then through our whole relationship and it's always been up and down, but I feel like it is a relationship podcast. So it's something that is, is not should be taboo, but the, our sexual relationship as part of um, the growth in that and understanding from my past and, 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 you know, it's a very different mindset that has had some challenges, but we've also worked through them and um it, yeah, I feel like right now it's really great. <laughs> but, but right now we're actually in it. We feel like we're kind of in a challenge right now, which is mm-hmm. interesting. Um, mm. and, and that's, do you want to talk more about that? Yeah. So the challenge right now is that I really like, I'm doing a lot of work with Live a Great Story. And you, you, I think we mentioned that at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And one of those things is had me like really dissecting my values and things like that. And one thing that I really value is experiences and my environment and adventure. So like those are really, really, really high on my list. So it shows up in a lot of ways in my life. I do travel physical therapy, so I'm constantly moving. I love that. I run retreats internationally. I was in Peru for a month actually with Live a Great Story. And it's just, it's just in my blood. Like I just need it. It's just something that like my heart just aches for. So right now the challenge is, that Lou is working on a lot of stuff locally. We're in North Jersey right now, and he's working to bring certain practices into schools and teaching teachers how to bring mindfulness and meditation into the school um, systems. So that requires him to kind of stay put necessarily for a little bit to create a foundation whereas i am like i have been here for two and a half months like i'm ready to go she doesn't like new jersey (laughs) it's i mean it's north jersey it's an intensive different energy we're not Mm -hmm. you know we're we're 10 miles from new york city but it's a process to get in we're not like in the young kind of austin like kind of vibe it's more Mm -hmm. suburban um, but I've been, you know, I quit a job with no plans of what I was going to do and then took four years to get at a point where I'm finally just like getting to the crux of what, um, you know, what's success and then kind of really starting to make my way and find my path. And it's all happening here. But with her, she like has a disconnect about being here in New Jersey, which mm-hmm. I, I understand, but like, I'm really happy. She's kind of not happy. 
And so there's this weird, you know, what do we do? Do we split, you know, does she go do a travel thing again? And we're back in the same pattern as you try to mm-hmm. get a part-time thing here and then, you know, see what she can build here with this, with some sort of foundation. And I think she gets scared that we're going to live here our whole life. So there's a lot of these things that I understand from, from her perspective. So this is a, a challenge that's it is. It's gonna, yeah. happening right now. It's something very, I think it's hard for me to say, you know, stop everything you're doing and go pick it up and try somewhere new. Cause right. it's like, I see it happening for him. So like, how can you tell your partner to just stop everything? I know you're making progress and it's taken you four years to get to this point, but like, let's just pump the brakes and go somewhere else. So it's mm. tough because, you know, in my head, like, I want to leave really badly and go live back in San Diego or Austin where there's a community of people. Like I miss that. I miss the, I don't know, just being around like more inspiring people. And I'm sure that they're, I know that they're here in North Jersey, but it's just not as like in your face. I don't know how to explain that, but like you can just feel it. There's a certain type of energy, a certain type of vibe in certain cities and communities and where we're at right now. It's just not as saturated or easy we're in the suburbs if we were in hoboken like it'd be a little different you know it's very college but we are in suburbs montclair is like that but it's all older kids kind of a little different breed yeah so So, yeah that's definitely our our friction point you're you're definitely our people sophie so uh (laughs) we've found unique ways to to find our people and create that community i mean live a great story has definitely been huge and pivotal in that and yeah so that's kind of where we're at right now with no real solution at the moment thank you so much for sharing vulnerably that um what you guys are currently experiencing i know it's super difficult for a lot of couples to have to navigate both dreams and partners but people do it and i have no doubt that you guys will figure it out as well um The next question that I kind of have for you is around Live a Great Story. We've brought that up kind of a few times. Do you want to share a little bit about what Live a Great Story is and what you guys are up to? Sure. So Live a Great Story is based out of Austin. We're kind of a startup slash not really startup. We've been around for about four years, but really making some huge, powerful moves at the moment. Um, if you're from Austin, you've probably seen the reminders all over. It seems like they're all over anyway. But Live a Great Story is here to really help others to remember to live their great story and to support them on that. And it's taken a while to get there, literally four years worth of trying everything you can possibly think of. We've had communities, we've had ambassadors, we've had different, we had retreats, we've done all these things, all to come back to this realization that we're really just here to support everybody else kind of on their story. And the best way that we can do that is through our new flagship product that's coming out. So this product will be the world's first monthly subscription journal. So it's helping people to stay on track with living their great story by putting you in this place where every month you'll receive a journal in the mail and it's going to be taking you off your screen, sitting down, pen to paper, asking you questions and guiding you through a certain series of questions, activities, challenges that will help you to figure out what it is that you want, find little small things that you can change today that will help you get on track to living what that is. I would also, I would also say that it's not even, it's figuring out things you want, but it's also realizing that you're already further along than you think. And it's for exactly. people that are already like doing it for sure and maybe you just need to, to to remember kind of what's important so it's kind of about the you take the we always get so focused on success or building something or the macro but we forget that it's the micro that makes up the macro right. so a good day a good wednesday a good mo- wednesday a good, good two good wednesdays <laughs> a good monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday make up a good week right so it's kind of instead of focusing on the big picture this kind of helps you bring it back the big picture is there for sure but then we bring it back mm-hmm. into what is, how is this day going to make you make a, live a great day? Like, I, think- I think it's, it's a, this, you know, maybe cliche, but it's that same idea of, you know, success is built upon a series of habits. So it's like, what are you habitually doing? What are you doing throughout your day that you're forgetting that like, oh, this makes me really like come alive. This makes me feel really good. And when you start doing more things that make you feel good, that has that kind of overflow, powerful effect 
to make everything else kind of come up just like one or two more millimeters in the direction that you want to go. And it just has this really positive influence. And you don't feel burnt out. Like a lot of people don't even realize how they got burnt out because they're just so focused and passionate about mm-hmm. working on something, but they forget, oh, I haven't been doing uh, this kind of, this thing that really brought a lot of life, you know, a lot of energy into my life and kind of just redirects you in, in many different ways. Yeah. It's easy to put blinders on when we, you know, we develop really big goals and that's great. Goals are beautiful. We should have them so we know what direction we're going in. But sometimes we forget about the small other things along the way that are important. And it can be as simple as like calling my mom. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't do that. And it's something that I need to remember, like that's important. That's really important to me. So it's little things like that and just bringing recognition to kind of the fullness of life and getting all of it as opposed to just running in one direction as fast as you can, getting there and then realizing it didn't make you as happy. a goal that you don't know if it's going to make you happy, right? No, well, that's the thing. It's like you look at all the goals that you had and you maybe you got there. Did it make you feel any different? No, right? Then you just make a new goal. Right. The journey and is another the reward. Goal. So it's like, yes, these goals are great. But once you get there, like you haven't arrived. It's not like there's this mm-hmm. finish line and you get a gold trophy <laughs> and this is it. I'm happy forever. Finish line. That never happens. That's just not the way that it works. It's the, and lie. Everybody, it's the lie that we've been told. Everyone knows that, but it's easy to get caught up in thinking that certain external things will get you what you need and that will fulfill you. But it's, it's just not the truth. It's the small things along the way and taking note and like being aware of it and paying attention to what you're doing in your day that makes you happy. Um, so bringing real attention back to that whole idea, I think is where, where we're going with it. And right now, like something that we're really focusing on is getting our community together. So we have a, we call it the squad, the live a great story squad that's on Facebook. And with that, we're growing a community where we're coming together, we're sharing stories, we're kind of diving into the content that's within the guide. And it's going to grow once the guide is released, which is on November 6th. We'll do our starter. I can't wait. But the squad right now is a place for people to just come together very much like Lou and I's experience in San Diego, where we were around like-minded people that were really positive, showing us that it can be done, that you can live however you want to live. And There's more to life than just living for the weekend and hearing other people's stories, seeing other people doing it is what has changed our life entirely. Like that was our pivot point. So the Live a Great Story squad is where that kind of comes from. That idea comes from of just surrounding yourself with people that are going to inspire you to continue living whatever it is that means your great story. Yeah, that's so incredible. And I am such a big fan of Zach and Live a Great Story. I've met so many of my favorite people from that organization. So I'm in full support of everything you guys do. And I'm really excited about the guide coming out because I'm personally one of those people where reflection is so important and really taking time to stop. And I've just always been a a sprinter. Like I set a goal and I just run after it until I get there and it doesn't matter if I've like lost everything, you know, in the past. And it's taken a lot of refinement to step back at every single milestone. And um, so I think it'll, I really do believe that you guys are going to make a really big impact on a lot of people through it. So thanks for all the work that you guys do and what you've done to put towards it. Thank you. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're definitely excited. I can't wait to, to release it. And it's already... I mean, the ripple has already started, right? Like being in the Facebook group already, people are just like going back and forth and it's just, it's really been positive, really, really been positive already. So yeah. What does it mean to live a great story to you? Hmm. You answer first. To live a great story is to be in alignment with, with what is really calling you. Um, Yeah. And I think only you, a lot of work can be done to, to find that, a lot of quiet, a lot of stillness, maybe some prayer, um, but to live in alignment where your thoughts, your words, your actions just all um, are true to you. And I think that is very different for everyone. And, and that is really, because when you are doing that, you, you're going to live just naturally your most fulfilled life. And it's constantly going to be a growth, but it's also going to bring up things. And I talk about this a lot is that it's going to bring up things that maybe you don't like about yourself because 
Um, it's going to bring up insecurities that you have, fears that you have, because it's meant for you to put light onto those fears and move through them. So it's not that it's always feels good and fulfilling. Sometimes it can be really, really scary and you can feel really, really lost, but it's actually a way for you to, to see what's happening and to, to learn how to actually be with that and move through it and conquer. I think it, it, a fear is definitely a signpost to your great story. So I would say do what scares you and excites you as well. What does it mean to move through something? Like if someone's just starting this journey, mm-hmm. like how do you, how would you advise them to one kind of start the journey of finding and being in alignment with their calling? Mm-hmm. And also what does it mean to move through fear? First you should get the guide. A <laughs> <laughs> good step in the right direction. No, that would definitely help get you kind yeah, 100%. of hundred yeah, percent. Drops a pin and shows you kind of what's important, and then literally guides you to living your great story. But (laughs) not out yet. Um, (laughs) Moving through it, I think. I feel like the best advice or like insight that I have on helping to somebody move through it. It's something I actually just talked about in a yoga class. Is this idea that you know life? If you were to think of your life as a movie and you're the main character, you're the hero of this story. You turn on a movie and you get introduced to all the characters. We never fast forward through the whole movie and then just watch the end to see what lessons were learned, what they achieved, what they got in the end. We watch everything that happens in the middle because that's what's worth paying attention to. And that includes the ups, the downs, the triumphs, the conflicts, the villains, everything that happens in between is what makes the entire journey worth it. So it's like keeping that really present in your mind as you're going through whatever you're going through and realizing that it's all just part of it, the chaos of whatever it is that you feel. Because when I hear moving through it, it just sounds as if you're you're kind of noting on something that might be negative that someone's going through, but it's all just part of it at the end of the day. And I can say, this is something we talk about a lot is, you know, I can look back at my life and see the things that I have moved through, these negative things that I've moved through. And it didn't feel good at the time, but then I look back and it's like, if that didn't happen, then X, Y, and Z wouldn't have happened. And I wouldn't be where I am today. I would never be on this podcast if I didn't get a job in San Diego as a physical therapist. If I, you know, if I had gotten a job there full time, it's actually a crazy story, but it got like pulled last minute. I accepted a position, got pulled jumped into travel physical therapy. I would have never worked with Zach. I would have never done international retreats. I would never be involved with live. I would never be living in New Jersey, which I could probably pass on anyway. (laughs) (laughs) But it's all, everything's connected. Everything's connected. It's hard to see it when you're going through it, but it will make sense later. Hmm. Also. Yeah. Do you have anything else you want to add to that, Lou? I would have to say, um, quiet and and prayer and meditation that's just i mean in in what has helped me to to realize things i think that is such a a core of giving yourself a chance to to listen and and to see what comes of it and to be aware of and not running away from your emotion i think that's a big thing in in mindfulness of if i'm feeling scared or i'm feeling sad i'm down seeing if you can let go of all your thoughts that you have of what it means and seeing if you can literally just be with the emotion, like be with the, in your body, feel it in your body and understand that it's just your thoughts and your perceptions and the meaning that you're attaching to it. That's really making you upset. And then to get out of it really to create hope in your life. So maybe it's a a person that you read, a a podcast, uh, a book, Mm -hmm. um, some sort of inspiration to kind of just give you that little bit of hope and then to understand that all of those fears that you have, all of those insecurities that you have may actually be the guideposts. Like may, may, if you're excited about something, but it scares you, um, to, to, to go and, and face, realize that that's telling you something is mm-hmm. that it's going to, you know, pushing our comfort zone is about stressing ourselves a little bit, right. To uh, people grow muscles that has to stress. So we have to face those fears in order for us to grow. And I feel like life sometimes like a video game. Like if you're still, you're going to keep repeating the same level until you figure out that shift. And then you kind of 
hump a level and then you got new challenges. It never ends, right? There's no finish line, but you just kind of keep working with like, what are the patterns? Ask, what are the patterns happening in my life right now? What do I keep getting myself into? I think it's almost like we live it, live life in this kind of like spiral upward Yeah, where you're kind of keep coming back into maybe the same problems and then you kind of get out of it and then come in yep. until you deal with it and then you can kind of redirect it. But I think, and lastly on that, of just moving through it, I think having other people around you and realizing that we all go through literally the same things. Like if you boil down whatever it is you're going through, feeling like there's someone out there that is going through the exact same thing, has gone through the same thing. Like you're never, you're not alone. That's a never, huge, right? We think ever, we're so alone and we're lost alone. and scared yeah. and fear. Everyone's feeling the same things. So to it's understand all, yeah, that we're all, all connected. Just- what's been most helpful to help each other move through things I think we have I mean I can only speak for our relationship I can't speak for others but I think that we have a really 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 beautiful relationship in regards to communication and it's something that doesn't happen overnight at all it happened a lot because of the personal work that we each do but it's it's interesting when we're moving through things and like we maybe we say something to one another that wasn't as understanding. We literally will like, there's just no, do you know what I'm trying to say? Like yesterday you said something to me. You're like, no, I'm really sorry. Like, um, yeah, I've been wanting her to stay in New Jersey more for me and like take this. She has this opportunity to take this three, she work three days a week. They're like 12 hour days. It's like right around the corner. And we should have time to work on it. And for me, that's really good. That would be it's awesome. It's really convenient. For but him. then I'm like, she was saying, you know, it doesn't feel right. And I'm not really respecting her feelings. I wasn't when she told me. I was like, no, this will be perfect. Do you see how perfect this is? Like, you have the opportunity to work. And then I realized that I wasn't, res- I was telling her what I want to see instead mm-hmm. of letting her make her own decision. So, like, that was an example that literally was But then yesterday. we came, we, like, we came back to it and he apologized for it. He said, you know what, like, that was, that was me kind of being selfish. So I think that it's this understanding that comes from our own individual growth of being able to not react to certain situations. And that's something that we've learned through yoga, meditation, different groups of people. I don't, I don't know what it is, but like, because of that, it allows me to interact with him and communicate with him on a very open, honest level. And I think that is like a key component of moving through everything of understanding exactly how I feel about something and how he feels about it. And being able to talk openly. And it's also been interesting. We've been going up and down. So like I'll be really happy and up and she's really down. And then like in the winter I was really down, but she was really happy and up. So that definitely helped that we're not like both down yeah, at the same time. We tend to just <laughs> we tend to, flip-flop. It's really interesting. So that helps. Mm. Not saying that's ideal. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Kelly. What does it mean to live a great story to you? For me to live a great story, it honestly <laughs> It goes very similarly to what Lou was saying. And I think that probably is because we spent a lot of time in a lot of meetings um, talking about what it is, what is live a great story. And it really boils down to living in alignment with what your values are, with what it is that you want and just finding that and sticking to it, making decisions from whatever place it is that you want. So like, for instance, in the guide, we'll walk you through a few exercises to establish like where you are and what it is that really lights you up, you know, what it is that is really meaningful to you and whether or not you're allowing that to come into your life. And I think a big part of it has to do with courage. I think a lot of times to live your great story, you have to have the courage to allow yourself to spend time on things that maybe you wouldn't because it doesn't make you money. It doesn't do anything like in the moment that's going to give you a return. So like spending time going for a walk. Do you know what I mean? It's like the little things like that, that we tell ourselves that we can't have, but we know that we love it. So I think courage is a really big part of living your great story and understanding that whatever it is that you want to spend your time on is well worth it. And that is a courageous act in itself, but that's a part of you being you in your storyline and that's kind of what it means to me is just you being you the most that you possibly can and trying to stay true to yourself instead of taking in kind of the influences that we have from all social media, the news, society, things like that, that makes you feel like you're supposed to want and desire things that aren't even in, in mind for you. Mm. 
What does it mean to live a great love story? Mm. Oh, that's a cute question. Mm. To live a great love story. I think it's it's not very dissimilar to living a great story. Um, I, I I think it's about that the love is going, a story is going somewhere, right? Stories, a great love story shouldn't end, right? There is no, the story never ends. That's the thing. Like the story never ends until maybe we end. So it's a, it's a love story is one that's always a process. It's always growing. And I think that's where a lot of relationships go stale is when there's no emphasis on, are we growing is there's plateaus and, and plateaus lead to growth for sure. But I think a, a good love story is, is moving. What do you think? I think that a great love story is two people not afraid to live their own story within that same relationship. Because I think that one of the most important things is to continue to be fully yourself and showing up fully as yourself in that relationship and being there for one another. And I think that that really contributes to it. Okay, uh, we're going to move into the last couple of questions, but I want you guys to share a little bit about what you currently are working on and how we can support you and where people can find you. Sure. So I've kind of already talked about it a lot, but right now I'm working with Live a Great Story. And you can find us at Live a Great Story on Instagram. And then if you would like to join our community, it's Live a Great Story Squad on Facebook. So you can find us there and ask us all the questions. I'm always on there answering all the Facebook messages at this point. Um, if you're on here interested in an adventure, um, Kelly is running a retreat uh, to India. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as couples, we are actually together running a retreat to Yosemite in July. That is going to be a backpacking trip. So there- we have two very, yeah. we have a couple that we are friends with that are very skilled backpackers that meet us four will be guiding a, a five or 10 day, five day backpacking specifically trip. That's going to be very, um, it's exactly if there's something was like, wow, I want to go somewhere with my couple they were, I'm going to have my own experience. He's going to have his own experience and then we'll come together. And I feel like that. if you resonated with anything that we talked about as far as growth, <laughs> being around like-minded people, or how you do relationships, meditation, yeah, this is going to be everything in a crash course in backpacking and an adventure and intense. a way to push your comfort It'll zone. It'll be really intense. So, India is a little bit India is a different. little different. So that definitely um, reach out to, um, to, to Kelly. I mean, you could find, you reach out, what's your good place to reach out to? You? Um, probably Instagram, just at Kelly Marjoram. That's like maybe a hard one to guess how to spell, but um, <laughs> I'm sure we could write that down somewhere. Yeah. I'll put it on the show notes. No worries. And then I have a, I'm writing another book. Um, obviously you can check out the, the first book. If you want to hear, read that whole story, um, find your truth currently writing another book and I work on for people that meditate and want to maybe try meditation. There's a app called insight timer. You can download it for free. I post all of my meditations on there completely free. Um, you can listen to them. I will work on one that is specific for relationships. So that should be up by the time that you listen to this. And and if you're struggling or or maybe want to enliven your relationship, that would be a good place to start in a meditation and um, I do work in bringing mindfulness and meditation into schools. So that can be found at, at mindfulnessforteachers.com. Or you can find me at louredmond.com or on Instagram <laughs> at louredmond underscore. It's a lot. Late. We do a lot. I we guess. do a lot, I guess. Like it's kind lot. of like we do a million things. <laughs> it's amazing. No, that's a part of why we love you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What is the best relationship advice you have ever received or could give? <laughs> should i we talked a little bit about we kind of said the gratitude thing um i'm gonna go there because we didn't we went there a tiny bit that's fine i mean people like that on people podcasts. will it's vulnerable right <laughs> so something that has helped um in sexually in, for the sexual realm of uh, just sharing as far as me like sometimes guys maybe can get a lot of really guilt or shame if they see another woman and are sexually attracted or just the primal thing of oh that's a good looking person and there's a lot of shame in that for some reason. And we hide it in and we don't tell that our partner that because we feel like we can't. So something that's helped me, I think maybe more than her, probably, because it allows me to express that, that if there is a situation that really charges me like that, that I can share it with her and kind of get it out. Like, oh, this happened to me. I wanted mm-hmm. to, and, it, and it allows it to just 
if you, so I don't have to feel and think, well, what does it mean if I feel that way? And you start to run with your thoughts. So just giving that energy some space to clear, um, that could be a, a, a little one that, that could help. I don't know how many women are going to love it at first. <laughs> it's but, not all the time. It's not like he's doing it like every day. <laughs> no, I don't do it a lot. I really don't <laughs> do it a lot. Like, it's really not like an author that. thing. I really, um, it's not a lot, but that's but no, something, that's something that I probably won't hear that much on this podcast. I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, gr- the gratitude was huge at night. I yeah. think that's a good advice. Um, just to be supportive. I think that's the huge, like be supportive of what they want and don't see it as what you want in them. Like, I think a big piece is don't lose yourself. Like, I think it's really important that you're still you showing up in the relationship and not trying to change yourself in order to fill your partner's needs. Like, I feel like that's kind of what led to us taking our break apart because we kind of became very codependent and that, you know, you don't even realize it happening. It's kind of this snowball effect. And then you realize, you know, I'm not doing the things that I like anymore. Do I even like what we're doing? Do I want to go here? Kind of a thing. So I think that it's important to, you know, maybe not take months at a time by yourself. Maybe that's not your thing. But maybe like a night or two, you know, like paying attention to what it is that you want to do and and living, giving yourself just that space to reconnect with yourself. I think that's super important. It's easy to just always have a companion along for the ride for every single thing that you do. But I think that there's a lot of value in in just connecting with yourself again. Mm. How is it to receive for the first time when Lou came back and kind of expressed like interest in another or just found another woman attractive like how was that very first conversation um you know it was interesting to first hear it it was just like wait what but I valued it I valued it because then I knew like okay like you're not like going off and like thinking further and further further into this like it was just it, it was nice to know that he felt comfortable sharing it and then it just I don't know it doesn't have the energy that it once had and then it's gone yeah and now i feel like it's almost like this it built the trust even more so in my opinion because now it's like i don't have to guess i don't ever have to have not that i really did but like i never go down that road of like i wonder if he finds her attractive or like i wonder if he's thinking about other people and i think sometimes women can well guys too I'm sure but like you can let your brain take you away on a lot of different stories if especially if you're having a hard time in your relationship but knowing that we're able to have those kinds of conversations it's like I never have to guess or second guess myself and get so hung up in my own mind on stories that probably don't even exist so it it took a lot of weight off in my opinion Mm. Okay, before we move on to the last question, I just want to take a moment and thank both of you for coming onto this podcast and acknowledge you for the work that you guys do. I just watching from afar, I've seen your hearts for people and your hearts for really empowering people to be their best and fullest self. And um, I love your love story. Definitely got a little teary eyed in the beginning. And I just really value the vulnerability and authenticity that you guys bring to your work. And so just thank you so much for doing everything that you guys do. Thank, thank you. you. Thank yeah, you for having us. And thank you for doing this. More people. Yeah, this is such a cool, you know. We need like, more. All the love. Intently is all so, the love that so needs good. to get out there. Yeah. And when Zach really first connected us, I was like, yes, this is so, this is so fine. <laughs> I used to have like a, 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 a to-do of like share an Instagram post with hashtag love intently or something like to, to do. Oh, so. Yeah. Uh, okay. Last question is what does it mean to you to love intently? I think for me, love intently, me, I mean, it's very, very basic, of course, but to love more intentionally. And I don't mean that just in a relationship kind of standpoint, but I mean that day to day. So knowing that you always have the choice to seek out love in every situation that you come across every day. And it makes me think a lot about Marianne Williamson. I'm not sure if you're familiar with her, but, um, she speaks very profusely on A Course in Miracles. And in that kind of teaching, they say every act is either an act of love or rooted in fear. 
So if you really look at it that way, loving intently or intentionally means that you're seeking out that act of love in every way that you can. And I think that if more people took a second to find where they can find just a little bit more love in whatever action, whatever interaction that you're having, conversation, um, I think it would make a really big impact on the world and your community. Yeah, mine's similar to the love story, I'd say. It's 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 growth. I would say it's mm -hmm. to love intentionally. It's intently is to, to, to question, is to review, um, is to, to to constantly check back in um, and not just kind of go about life like we can, like we normally can. So powerful. Well, thank you guys. Thank, thank you. you for having us. This it was so much fun. fun. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave a review so that others can join the conversation as well. If you haven't checked out Live a Great Story yet, be sure to, as they are about to release some really exciting stuff. Their Kickstarter launches exactly a week from today, and it's founded by one of my dearest friends, Zach Corvath, who has been a champion of Love Intently for a really long time. And I just adore what they do and all the inspiration that they pour out. And they're just really all about empowering people to be their truest and best selves but also to live true to their calling and what they were put on this earth to do. And so just check it out. You won't regret it. So if you follow me personally at Sophie underscore clock on Instagram, you know that my word for the year has been secure. And it's been all about my personal journey of moving from an attachment style of avoidant to a secure attachment style. We've talked about the attachment style a few times here with our advisor, Dr. Lisa Neff, if you haven't listened to that episode, but also um, with other relationship experts on this very podcast. And if you're curious to what your type is, we actually break it down in our love personality assessment because it's a big part of your love personality. If you and your partner have completely opposite attachment styles, that is going to be a continual point of pain between the two of you unless you're aware of it and can consciously choose to love each other through that space rather than pouring fire or alcohol on each other's wounds. So all that to say is definitely check out our love personality assessment at loveintently.com or texting love to 33222. Join our incredible community of 44,000 others on Instagram and let us know what you think at love.intently. Lastly, if you want to support what we're doing and to be a part of building a world that loves intently, you can do so with any dollar amount at our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash loveintently. Yes, even as little as $2 a month would be so helpful. Until next time, with love and intention.